This is the John Oakley Show podcast. We need to work together. I am a proud grandson of BC, but I'm also a son of Quebec, and we are going to fight hard together to focus on the big fight we all have against climate change and building a better future for everyone. All right. Well, that was Justin Trudeau as, uh, you know, the final notes are being sounded here on voting day as, uh, what was it? A son of B.C. and uh, also of Quebec. But, you know, therein lies a difficulty because uh, this country has been fragmented or polarized during this debate. Some are saying the politics of cynicism have driven us to that and uh, whether reparations are possible for anybody that would assume the mantle of power going forward. Let's find out how Omar Khan feels about it, the national affairs expert and political strategist with Hill and Knowlton Strategies. Omar, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. I'm ready for this election to be over. <laughs> All right. Sure are you? So, okay. Uh, are you saying that out of a sense of uh, ennui, apathy, uh, or just frustration? How do you feel? I mean, well, it seems interminable, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think you know. To your earlier point, there's been a you know quite a bit of negativity from, from to be honest, from from all of the main parties, um, and uh, you know it, it it hasn't been the most inspiring campaign I think for the electorate. Why is that? Well, I think uh, part of it is because you have, um, you know, you ha- you have increased polarization in this country, uh, not just between right and center left, uh, but also geographic. Um, I think the liberals are probably going to win tonight, uh, and they're going to win because, you know, sixty percent of this country, uh, you know, falls, you know, broadly in the progressive camp, and I think they've been they've done a a decent enough job, particularly in the last few days, of solidifying enough of those folks behind them to uh, to squeak out uh, a win. I, th- I actually think it'll be a minority, but a fairly comfortable minority. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see what the results come in tonight. But then you have, you know, another 30 or 35 percent of the country um, that, uh, you know, comes from, from is, is more small C, conservative, maybe slightly socially conservative. And there's not a lot of communication uh, uh, between those two camps. There's a lot of talking at each other, but there's very little talking with each other. And I think, you know, regardless of the results tonight, what I would like to see for national unity moving forward is for conservatives and progressives uh, to spend a little bit more time trying to understand the other's perspective and point of view. Well, that's interesting you say that. Uh, is that even possible? If your liberals have a minority, it seems like it's their way or the highway. I mean, have they ever reached out? Have they ever suggested, for example, uh, that they would understand Western Canada, Saskatchewan and Alberta? It, uh, it seems like the polarization that's resulted now uh, from the politics of cynicism that you cite uh, have really been driven as much as anything from the liberals. I mean, when Justin Trudeau was in Quebec imploring them to vote, you know, a native son in there to stop the the conservatives and the Western pipeline and so on and so forth, that's not good for national unity. Well, and look, like I said, it's coming from both ends, right? The conservatives are running flat-out lies in the in the Chinese media that the liberals are going to, you know... Legalize, <laughs> really? The Chinese drawing. media is really the game-changer? No, I'm just saying that, you know, these tactics are coming from both ends. Look, I think there's... Well, yeah, there's, some I more think, egregious than others. Wouldn't you at least concede that point? I mean, when you go into a province and you're pitting province against province, I mean, that's pretty egregious stuff. How do you repair the damage of that? Well, I, I don't think that... Um, look, I, 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 don't, I, I can't speak to the specific comments that you're referencing, but but I will say that... There is an opportunity here. You have a Liberal Party that, has, that is on record as wanting to build and complete the TMX. Uh, they're probably going to have a minority government tonight. You have a Conservative Party 
that although they probably won't agree with the bulk of the Liberal agenda, there is an opportunity for those two parties uh, to work together, uh, to legislatively at least, uh, you know, do whatever they can to ensure that there's the least amount of, of obstacles in the way of completing this, 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 the, the TMX pipeline. I think that's, that's an obvious area where they can work together. Well, it may sound good in theory, but in practice, uh, for example, if in other areas he's beholden to, let's say, the NDP or even the Greens, yeah. uh, that may be one of the preconditions that pipeline doesn't get built, it doesn't get started. Well, you'll, you'll notice that Rachel, the former Alberta Premier Rachel Notley came out uh, in the last couple of days and has endorsed Jagmeet Singh and the NDP. I, I am not privy to their internal discussions, but I would find it very hard to believe that she would have done that without some sort of indic- indication from Jagmeet that he would at least let the TMX pipeline be completed. Well, that'll be interesting. Mind you, Notley herself is a member of the NDP. She carries a banner. Then you've got guys like the MP in uh, Montreal East, Guibault. I mean, the guy came from Greenpeace, I believe. Uh, he's a staunch environmental activist. Uh, he has no compunction about seeing that pipeline never get touched or built. He's Jerry Butts's buddy. I mean, where do we go? I mean, Trudeau yeah. recruited this guy, and uh, what, is he going to disappoint him? Look, the, 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 the Liberal Party uh, is always a big, has always been a big tent, right? E- even if you go back to the era of, of Jean Chrétien, Paul Martin, there were people in those cabinets who were left of the NDP, and there were people in those cabinets and in those caucuses who were right of, of the Canadian alliance at the time. They, you know, the government's position is pretty clear. They've, they've spent $4.5 billion of your and my dollars to purchase this pipeline to get it built. So they want to get it built. I think this is a natural area where the Conservatives and Liberals can work together. All right, well, uh, again, if they can somehow reach across the aisle and make some big projects, uh, infrastructure projects go that are, you know, the national economy is highly dependent on, uh, that would be a positive, certainly. Omar Khan is with us, national affairs expert, political strategist with Hill and Knowlton Strategies. What's your sense then uh, when it comes to this vote? Are people voting the party, the local candidate, or the federal leader? I think that um, the... From what I have seen in, in, in some of the data over the last couple of days, uh, it appears that the quote-unquote progressive vote in this country has decided that even if they may not be absolutely thrilled with the prime minister and some of his antics and behavior, that they have decided that they want a progressive as our prime minister and that they're going to perhaps hold their nose uh, and vote for him. Not all of them. Some of them are voting for him enthusiastically. But I think what we're what we're likely to see tonight, uh, as the re- as the results start to roll in, particularly in Ontario, where I think the Liberals will do quite well, um, is that that progressive vote has coalesced around the Liberals. All right. Uh, well, is there any erosion in Fortress Toronto? Last time you swept all twenty five. Do you see? I mean, the NDP are rather bullish about their chances here in this. I mean, they've conceded they're going to lose seats in Quebec, but they think they'll make some up here in Toronto or the GTA. Do you see that at the expense of the Liberals? Yeah, they'll be wiped out in Quebec, except for maybe one or two ridings. Uh, I think they probably have a shot at two downtown Toronto ridings, so Davenport and Toronto Danforth. Um, And, you know, I I think they eternally hold hold out hope for Brampton East, which was, of course, Jagmeet Singh's provincial seat. Um, But from the polling that I've seen, they're running third place over there. Where, by the way, is the threshold for, uh, let's say, a liberal minority-led legitimacy? I mean, we were talking to John Carmichael off the top of the hour. He says, you know, a, a 10 uh, point, even in a minority situation or a plurality, if you've got 10 more seats, that would be about it. Do you see it that way? I, uh, I don't think we'll be juggling with that question tonight. Oh, you think it's going to be an overwhelming, almost a majority? 
I think um, how close I, to 170 do you think you're going to get? You know, I, my my I, I I hate to do predictions, but I think it will uh, it it will be a comfortable minority. All right, and so uh, would be entirely legitimate with the progressive vote supporting it in the House of Commons going forward. Yeah, and you know, I I I I do feel that there are areas where where liberals should be able to work with conservatives. You know, it's it's not like there's 100% uniformity on positions between the liberals, the Greens, and the NDP. Probably more often than not than with the conservatives, but there are areas where the liberals will be closer to the conservatives, and I don't think that that should stop the you know any animosity or partisanship should stop them from being able to work together on some of those big infrastructure projects, for example, as you cited. What are you going to do about representation in the West? under this scenario? Because it looks like you're going to be shut out in Saskatchewan, Alberta, certainly in parts of the interior of B.C. I mean, yeah. I don't know if Ralph Goodale, uh, you know... That... Hopefully Ralph hangs on. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and Boissonneau there in Edmonton. I mean, if you've got nobody representing, I mean... Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. So, so for reasons of national unity, historically what has happened in those cases... Uh, is that the prime minister uh, picks picks cabinet representation out of either out of the Senate or somebody from outside of Parliament with the expectation that that person will run for election very soon in a by-election. My, uh, I suspect that if there are provinces in Western Canada that have no liberal representation, that the prime minister will have to uh, appoint an, one of the independent senators from that province to cabinet. Right. Some guy who runs a small shop in Red Deer, then suddenly becomes the voice of Western Canada. Well, there's some, there's quite, there's some quite competent senators uh, uh-huh. uh, out there. I thought they were independents. I didn't know they were liberal senators. Well, uh, the mechanics will be tricky, right? Never, we've never had to do it with these independent senators. So you, uh-huh. I suspect they would, have to, they would have to then sit as liberals. All right. That individual would have to sit as a liberal. You gave yourself away, Omar. Well, uh, this is what it is. I'm not a big fan of this whole change to the Senate, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm, all right. I'm a bit old school. I'm all right. right, and so you're feeling rather bullish or confident about tonight's outcome. Thanks so much. We'll yeah. see if you're right or wrong. We will see. Okay, Omar. Bye-bye. Omar Khan, national affairs expert, political strategist with Hill and Knowlton Strategies. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.